Hey everyone, this is Mike Andes. You're listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast. Today we're talking about how fear is the crippling force of mediocrity. Before we get into today's show, big thing to today's sponsor, which is FreshBooks. FreshBooks.com slash bootcamp is going to get you a free 30-day trial of their software. What I love about FreshBooks is all the integrations. I've said it before, I'm saying it again. It integrates with Shopify, your Shopify account. It integrates with your Funbox, your G Suite, your Stripe for all those credit cards you're putting in, Augusto for your payroll. Just a phenomenal software. Like we talked about Gusto before, you can go to gusto.com slash bootcamp and get a free 90-day trial of their software for your payroll. But FreshBooks integrates with all of these softwares, puts it all together so that when you you know, do these things through Stripe, the credit cards and Gusto for your payroll and do have a Shopify account or selling things online. You don't have to enter in all of those transactions. It's all done for you. It's all tracked. It's all put into your P&L. It's all very clean data and and you can't make good decisions without clean data. Like when I look at my RP&L, I make really big level decisions about what what the company is going to be doing, what we're going to be focusing on, what type of revenue is coming in and where it's coming from and what customers we're getting most of it from and we can make decisions and allocate marketing dollars to ways that it, the money's coming in. Where's the money? Where's the money at? Where do we need to grow? Where we do we need to save more on? So you need that clean data and the best way to do that is have a software system like FreshBooks that will integrate with these different platforms and that will keep track of all this for you. You want clean data to make those decisions. Accounting isn't fun. It's not the thing that everyone wants to be doing at night. It's not the thing that everyone cheers about when it comes to entrepreneurship. But when you have clean data from your accounting software, you're able to make very important decisions in your business that are critical to the growth and expansion of your company. And so I encourage you, go to freshbooks.com slash bootcamp, get a free 30-day trial. Check it out. You don't need to put your credit card in, just check it out, and I promise you, you will not regret it. Now, lots have been going on here, and I know I haven't been as regular in my postings. I want to bring everyone up, up, up to date where we're at right now, what I'm doing, and all of that good stuff, and then talk about something that I was thinking about today, and that's that four-letter word, fear. And so, um, you know, right now, we are... You know the business is has been has grown a lot this year, and we are now heading into the winter. Uh, not really like we just started the fall. We had our this in the past week. Literally, we went from like blistering hot. Everyone's super dry. The grass is all brown. Everyone's crying about how wet, how dry it is. And we had fires all over the place in the you know Oregon and BC up north, and we had smoke covering us for a few weeks this summer and like all sorts of dryness and all of a sudden this past week everything just like randomly turned and now we have had rain for three days in a straight and it suddenly seems like we're in the middle of winter but it's really just fall coming on and so but it starts making you think about winter and with the landscape business a seasonal company like we are uh, we really start thinking about winter and so I made an entire episode about what to do for a seasonal business like landscaping how to keep busy, keep your employees busy, keep revenue flowing. I made an entire episode on that on Landscape Business Course Podcast. So if that's something of interest to you, go check it out. But that's something I've been thinking about a lot right now. And one thing I've been thinking about a lot too, just kind of giving you an update now, right now on where I'm at, what I've been doing, kind of just documenting the journey, uh, is uh, I've been thinking about really entrepreneurship. And I've been asking myself the question, is entrepreneurship, if you're really an entrepreneur, doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like, if you're a real entrepreneur and you love the business part of it, can you basically do any industry and just learn 
the industry knowledge and then make business decisions, make marketing decisions, hire people. Because I really think I really feel like an entrepreneur is more like a conductor. He doesn't necessarily need to know how to play every instrument like a professional. He just needs to know enough to be able to bring in the part when it's needed. And what I mean by that is like hire the right people and get the right kind of data from your accountant to make decisions. Like the conductor is the one that pieces it all together, not necessarily the one that plays every instrument. And so I really feel like an entrepreneur, regardless of he's in you know one industry he can switch to another industry if he's a great entrepreneur he'll still do fine even if he doesn't have a lot of industry knowledge or you know been in years of experience and so i've been thinking about that because as you will you will hear in the other episode on landscape business course podcast you know i've been, I've been interested in in and having like two different industries and it's starting a different business to keep our guys busy during the winter, like a completely different business that I can keep them busy during the winter, obviously still 100% focused on the landscaping company, but then doing something that's kind of like attached to what we do, but not necessarily, uh, and and really create a second business that will keep them all busy during the winter. And I've been asking myself, like, well, I don't, not really, in, I'm not really a professional at that industry, but like, in my opinion, it's like, there's really basic things about business that it needs to work sales, marketing, and people. People is the is, is really the most important sales and people really if you want to knock it down to two things like if you got if you got people ability to number one sell to people like that's the sales part and then secondly to get people on board on your team, treat them right, motivate them, train them, etc. Like I think you can you can do you're, you're lethal in in many different industries and so been thinking about that a lot, what it means to be an entrepreneur versus just a small business owner or just even just owning a job as a, as you know, just doing your work. And so that's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. And as we go into the winter and we're thinking about different ways to branch off and add different elements to the business that will keep us busy during the non uh, landscapey landscapable time of year up here in the Pacific Northwest. We basically have about three months where it's not easy to keep everyone on full time. And I want to be able to do that. If I want to retain good talent, I think that's really important. And so I talk a lot about that in the other episode, if that's of interest to you. But like I said, that's what I've been thinking about a lot recently uh, about that. You know, obviously we got our second shop. It's up and running. It's been running for a month now. Still kind of ironing a lot of kinks out. The, the solar panels got installed uh, just today, actually. They're getting installed. I think they finish up tomorrow. The battery's got to be installed and things uh, because we're doing that. The second location is going to be off-grid. And so uh, that has been going in. It's been kind of a slow over on the second, like very slow, actually, for the retail location of the second uh, location. For a couple reasons, we're really late in the season for homeowners to be thinking about landscaping necessarily. So we haven't been getting a lot of deliveries and people, you know, wanting to load up with mulch and soil and gravel. But I'm not super worried about it because number one, we got free rent until next spring. Uh, that's just part of the lease that I negotiated. And then also, I just it's brand awareness. So we have this massive sign that's uh, I think it's let me think here. I mean, yeah, it's 16 feet wide by eight feet tall, something like that. And so massive sign, two of them actually, out next to a very busy highway. And that has been generating already, you know, landscaping jobs. It was just this, you know, few, what was it? Today's Monday. So last, late last week, uh, I had a wedding that same day. They had a, you know, the, one of the first landscaping jobs over in Linden because we just kind of actually launched over in that direction. So, you know, is a few thousand dollars. Great. It's our first landscaping job there. It's kind of cool. Uh, and, uh, 
So yeah, like like even though the retail side isn't really picked up over there, we're getting every single day getting estimates in the new territory, you know, an area that we you know east side of the county, which we've never had jobs over there. Uh, we're finally starting to get business in all that demographic, and and now this week we have several jobs. We just finished a second and a third and a fourth. Yeah, like three landscaping jobs this this week that are going to be all in that new territory that otherwise we probably wouldn't have gotten if we didn't have that new location. So even though the retail side, this is the beauty of the business model is they complement each other so much. Even though the retail location isn't doing fantastic right now, like selling product like gravel, mulch, and soil, uh, because of its location and because of the 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 massive sign and the publicity and people be able to see it and drive in and they drive by every single day when they're on their way to work. It generates enough buzz for the service side of the things that it picks up the weight. And so it's been a, a really nice compliment and, and it's just the beauty of the business model. And so that's why we want to franchise and scale it across the country. It's, it's a unique concept that, you know, when the retail isn't doing great because of the publicity and people seeing your sign and everything, it generates plenty in service income. And so that's what we're working with right now, growing it still. And then I really think next spring, we're going to be able to go full force with the retail and that will pick up to the level that I want it to be at. Uh, we're obviously going to be landscaping the whole front next to the highway this winter as well and putting in a big storage facility in the back of the property because we have two acres. Uh, in the back of the property, we'll you know build it out for the service trucks to be in there and there'll be more traffic coming in and out. And so I think it'll be good. So like I said, it's a process. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, especially for the retail side of things because people got to get used to seeing you. They got to break the habit that they've been in for the past 10 years of going several extra miles to our, our nearest competitor. So it's, it's just, it's just a process, the retail side. And what's nice is rent right now is zero. So overhead's low. I don't have any power bills because we're off grid. Uh, we don't have water bills or anything like that. It's all off grid. And then I basically just pay for one employee to be there. They answer the phone. They do a lot of marketing stuff for us. So even though it's not super busy with, you know, answering phones and setting up deliveries and things like that and loading up people, they've been working on, making email lists of like all the real estate agents in our area. They have been creating uh, emails for all the local businesses for installing artificial turf, which we're going to be getting into this coming year. Uh, and so like they've been doing a lot of marketing for us, which has already turned into service business. And so, like I said, it's the beauty of the, the way it complements the retail and the service side. And so very interesting. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Obviously, the course, landscapebusinesscourse.com, has been really growing this past year. And this winter, I'm looking forward to adding a lot more content on there for people wanting to start and grow their landscaping business. And we're going to be having our next off-site meeting for the business probably in the next month or so. Uh, I want to have a really clear direction for what we're doing this winter. And I'm working super, super hard on that right now. And so once that's kind of fully developed out. We'll have an offsite meeting. We're going to go over all our financials. I probably won't post that one to uh, the podcast like I did the last one because this one we're going to go into really deep as far as where the competitors at, what we're at, where we want to be in five years. We'll be saying names and I don't think I'll post the whole thing. I'll probably post like the introduction up here on the podcast um, and because we're going to go through like uh, the past, you know, three and a half, four, well, maybe four years by the time we have the, the, the meeting here, uh, four years of the business, what we've done every single month in revenue, what our net profits are, 
what the business is going to be doing the next ne next winter to stay busy, what we're going to be doing the next five years. We're going to have the growth plan, you know that right from where we're at right now to where we want to be as far as franchising and going down that route. And so it's going to be really interesting. Um, and like I said, I'll try to post some of that, at least some of that um, offsite with our team to the podcast. I won't do it all though. So It'll be interesting. Really, really looking forward to that offsite and getting connected because now we have a couple new team members for the retail side of things at the new location. We've just hired in the past month or so two full timers for the service crew, and so uh, just nice, nice to get everyone on the same page. And we lost one guy, and he was a great worker and everything. I was hoping he'd really turn out to be good for the retail side of things. Delivery truck driver. He's an older gent, not older gentleman. He's like older compared to our team. Our team's pretty young a lot of us are early 20s uh, so he was like I think in his 40s or no actually take that back he was early 50s and even, no he was like 55 and so great guy what I wish you could have stayed on the team however I think I I, I failed in giving him the long-term vision of the company in due part to the fact that I was so busy starting the second location I didn't have as much time with him as I would want on the in on the onboarding and training process so even though he got trained and everything he worked out great there was no bad blood when he left but I just felt like uh, I lost him because I didn't have the time that was necessary to show him where the company was going that he had a big future with the company that you know he wasn't going to be doing what he was you know delivery truck driver for the rest of his life like there was a place to you know really grow with the company so I really failed I feel in that part and so uh, this this upcoming team offsite meeting that we're going to have I want to make sure that everyone's on the same page everyone everyone from the new hires to project managers to office managers everyone needs to be on the same page as to where what the company is going and really I'll be selling them on the dream like what the company is doing and how they are going to fit into that so that when it's raining and no one wants to work and it's been a long, long day and everyone's working 50, 60 hours and pouring rain and it's hard to mow grass and all that good stuff and it's muddy and stuff's getting stuck in the mud and all that. Like when those days come, if they can have the dream, if they can have the the, the goal of where the company is going, if they can really focus on the why of the business, as I talked about a couple episodes ago, the why of the business, if I can sell them on that, then it'll get them through those hard times and that's what gets me through the hard times. But if I don't, if I don't get, if I, if I don't reflect that, if I don't uh, give them the opportunity to see that same vision, how can I expect them to get through the hard times without wanting to quit or get an easier job or you know, look somewhere else? And so I really want to bring the team together, the whole really become a cohesive unit and do it by becoming vulnerable, sharing the, my fears, sharing our positives, our strengths, our weaknesses, where the company is going, my vision for the company and how they play into that, I really feel will make us more cohesive to bring us together and we're all and make us give us the feeling that we're all driving and striving towards a common goal. And so I think that'll be super important. And uh, like I said, I will probably do that in a few next couple of weeks here and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's kind of an update on me and that's really, I just want to kind of check in with everyone, but I did also want to talk about fear. Today, I was, I, the reason, like this this quote that I just read to you at the beginning, fear, this, this is the one that I, I was thinking about today. I was just driving my truck. Today, it seemed like I was driving all day long. Um, one negative thing about having this new territory is now I'm kind of all over the place as far as driving for estimates and you know getting jobs started and meeting with team man, uh, project managers and then meeting with clients and biz dev stuff like I'm kind of all over the place. So today, it seemed like I was driving all day long. Um, it, it, just, it was just serendipitous that 
we do we try to get our estimates done like turn around super fast like usually same day they get their estimate which is great but if i drive you know 45 minutes one way do an estimate come back do another estimate 45 minutes or like close to my house and then all of a sudden we get an estimate back of the, of the 45 minutes away like that's what i did today i went one way there at 45 came back and then went and did it again it just seemed like i was driving all day but anyways in the drive <laughs> i thought of this this quote um that i made up by the way it's not necessarily a quote just something i thought of and that is fear is the crippling force of mediocrity so you can you know there's two two ways to, and two kind of themes i was thinking about that is fear and thinking about fear what it does and then also mediocrity and i feel like you know in an age when so many millennials and just people in general want to stand out it's amazing. Like when I say that, I mean like every the way people dress and the way they, they always want to stand out. They want to be different than other people. They want to, they don't want to fit in with the crowd. But for some reason, when it comes to finances, when it comes to success, when it comes to business, people want to fit in and they want to become mediocre. Uh, they would never say that. They would never say that. However, their their actions speak a whole lot louder than their words. And you know, the mediocre path of just you know getting by, getting by in school, not really working hard, uh, and then going to college and just kind of you know poking around until they're 26, 27, then getting a job that they're not even educated about, and then uh, like like doing that, and then just kind of like floating through. And then when they finally get married and have a kid at like 35, they're like, oh, maybe I should get my act together. Uh, and that's like kind of like what I would say, like a mediocre kind of lifestyle. It's, it's what everyone else is doing and it just kind of fits in and everyone does it. And they're now the anomaly of someone that works super hard. Like my, my narrative, it will become more and more rare, I think. However, I don't think it's unnatural like it didn't feel like i was pushing myself crazy hard when i was younger to try to get into school when i was 13 i started college when i was 13 if you didn't know and all that like and i was kind of like excelling in the academic world and then switch it over into business and like somebody would say like you're you're way ahead of your time whatever like it didn't feel unnatural it never felt unnatural to be doing those things because I was never thinking about mediocre I was never trying to think about how I could fit in or how what is like it just it's just funny how everyone was so shocked that I was in college at such a young age however to me it did never felt unnatural it always felt like I was with my peers yet they were 24 25 years old and I was 14 and 15 as I was going through college right and so it never felt weird to me, but the reason it would, you know, everyone else, it feels so strange and, and different and they think it's so amazing is simply due to the fact that everyone else waits till they're 18 to get to college and then they take four years and then when they come out of college, they spend a few years kind of, you know, doing odd jobs, maybe traveling, kind of get their act together around 27, 28, get a decent looking job. Finally, they might not like it, might go back to school. And by 35, they might kind of get their act together and actually start doing a career, making a business, start settling down with a family. Like, And so because mediocre is the bar has been set so low, the problem with that is people are afraid to like go way above that. And I think it's, it's as the bar drops, it's actually easier to become uh, almost like an anomaly or become like an outlier. And I think, and this is the, the reason I'm kind of thinking about this is the speech that I have next 
the talk I have next week at the college for all the local high schoolers of all the local uh, high schools in our in our in our county are coming together and we're doing a uh, like four of the entrepreneurs in our in our local area are getting together and doing this big speech thing it's it's pretty cool so um but I've been thinking about it because of this about just how you know everyone is so concerned about what everyone else is thinking, what everyone else is doing, what your parents did when they came out of high school and how what they the, the job they got and if they went into business or did they, you know, go travel for a year or two. And it, I just find that people are, are more concerned about fitting in and doing, doing what everyone else is doing instead of just asking themselves, like, what do I want in our life? What are my goals? And then what do I need to do to get there regardless of what the social norms are, regardless of what people tell you you can or cannot do, regardless of what the market trends are or where the market is, if it's high or low or the economy is good or bad or like whatever it is. Uh, I think the people that just like realize, okay, these are my goals. This is how I need to get there. And I'm going to go do it regardless. Those are the people that are going to win. Those are the people that are going to win and those are the people who become successful. And I think fear is what cripples people and, 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 and keeps them in this state of mediocrity. So fear is the crippling force of mediocrity. And fear cripples people because they're like, okay, it'd be like a runner. They're gonna, like, I'm gonna be the best runner in the world. I'm going to be the fastest. I'm gonna, be the, I'm gonna run the longest. And what cripples them, if they get crippled, they can't, they can't run, they can't be the fastest. And fear is like the cripple. It's, like, it's the thing that cripples the runner from becoming great. And fear, fear of, it might be, a, there's a whole gamut of things that people can be afraid of. Everything from afraid of rejection, afraid of failure, afraid of not being able to provide for your family, afraid of what people are going to think, afraid of losing a good job, afraid of not getting a, a traditional education because your parents are telling you should, afraid of going in debt, afraid of business failure, afraid of hiring people and then not being able to support them. Like all those fears are the things that cripple you and keep you in a state of meaning mediocrity. And if you talk to someone in a, in a state of mediocrity, they would never tell you that they're afraid. They would always, this is what someone in the state of mediocrity always says. They always will one point back and talk about the things, the opportunities that they could have had. And two, they'll talk about their dreams of what they want to be, but they'll never take the steps because they're bound by fear and it cripples them and keeps them in a state of mediocrity. And so if you talk to someone in a state of mediocrity, they do two things. They talk about the past. And I talked to someone just a few days ago and they're always talking about, you know, the opportunities they could have had in high school and the opportunities they could have had doing this and that and the opportunities that they, they, they could have had and they could have been a great professional athlete and they could have been doing that, done this and done this great thing. They could have and they could have and they could have and they should have. And then, then it was like, it's all of a sudden we're talking about something else and it's like, I'm going to become this and we're going to be do that and we're going to make this happen. And, and, and then I just had to realize, but where are you now? And, and are your, 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 your actions aligning with those goals that you're talking about? And I had to realize the reason they're never going to get to those goals is because they're afraid. And that's the next thing that, that literally the next thing, as I said, that, that they, that they came out of their mouth, the, the thing that kept them back in the past and all those opportunities that they were talking about and saying they could have been great. This could have worked out. They could have done this. The thing that kept them back in each of those situations was fear. Fear of failure, fear of moving away from their family, fear of 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 putting in the extra mile and working harder, uh, and and because of that they didn't get those opportunities. And I had to just realize that now those opportunities that they see coming up up ahead, those, those what they're gonna what they're gonna become great at, the thing that's gonna get them out of mediocrity, that's gonna really put them on the map, that's gonna make them successful, it's gonna make them great. 
the thing that's going to keep them from that doing those things, even though those, those opportunities might come up is fear. They're afraid. And the biggest one, the biggest one I find with entrepreneurs, even real entrepreneurs at times is fear and not just fear, but fear of failing in front of other people, fear of what other people are going to think about you when you fail. And there's kind of, I have a couple different opinions on that because I feel number one, it's kind of important. It kind of is the fire underneath you, especially if you kind of operate with that chip on your shoulder. Like you don't want, you, you want to be better or you want to you know achieve a certain degree to show other people kind of what who you really are. Like, that's great. That's cool. I don't really have that. I don't really care what other people think. And then there's this other part of it about like, who, like, like if you're constantly thinking and and constantly in fear of what other people are going to think about you, you will not make decisions that are in the best interest of your business or in the best interest of your employees or in the best interest of the future of the company because you're constantly be thinking about what happens if I fail. And I'm not really a fan of the whole like fail fast. I don't like that. I'd rather win fast. I would rather not try to fail. But I think the reason that fail fast kind of concept works is because when you're trying to fail fast, it's not so much the failing part. It's the fast part that makes it successful because you're in action. I think the most important thing is action will defeat fear. Constantly taking action towards your goals, what you want, and taking those actions towards success is what will put fear on, like will turn it around and will you'll start being able to beat fear. It's taking action. And what too many people do is they get crippled by fear. And when someone gets crippled, if they just sit down and they never walk again, they don't do therapy, they don't really start working on it, they'll they'll get worse. They're crippled, they're disease, whatever. It'll get worse. Like a broken leg or arm that doesn't go through therapy, it'll grow deformed. And so if someone, if you have fear, if you have fear, I'd attack it. I'd go against it with action and essentially suffocate it of any oxygen by doing so much action towards it that you literally take all the steam out of the fear because fear is the thing that will cripple you and put you in a state of mediocrity and if if mediocrity is all you want like that's fine i just don't think that most people listening to this podcast want to be mediocre they want to have they want to be great they want to be great in their field whether it be in their family or in their business or uh, promoting some social uh, cause that they are involved in, 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 in or a part of. They want to do something great. They want to leave a meaningful impact. They want to build a great business, support the local community with jobs. They want to be doing all of those things. They want, they're looking for greatness, but they're afraid of what other people are going to think when they fail. And if you could just take that one thing out, just think about it. Just step out of yourself for a moment and think if I could take away the fear of failing in front of other people, my spouse, my friends, my siblings, my parents, which is a big one. Like if I could take that one thing off the shelf, what would I do differently in my business? And I guarantee you, I guarantee you if whatever that and the answer to that question is, is the thing that will most likely like 10x your business and completely revolutionize it and scale it up and make it big is just asking yourself, what, who, number one, you should ask yourself, who is, who are you afraid of failing in front of? Might be your spouse, like I said, your siblings, your friend, your business partner, whatever it is. Who is that person? You might need to have a conversation with them and just say, hey, like, look here, like, just just talk about it and be open with them. You might find out they actually don't really care if you fail and they actually support you in going out and trying to do something big. 
But ask yourself, if you took that one thing away, that one thought, that one fear of failing in front of that person, what would you do? Would you start another location? Would you branch off into a new territory? Would you hire more people? Would you invest more in the company for long-term growth? Whatever it is, it's a good chance. It's a very good chance the thing that will unlock the growth in your company. Because fear is a crippling force of mediocrity. You've been listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast. I'm Mike Andes. And until next time, be great. Nothing else pays.